Oh, that's actually good. Like Ooh, a Fred Twinkie yeah. or something. Yeah. Or imagine, imagine, imagine somebody giving you $30 and you had an hour at a state fair to eat $30 worth of food. Then you had to go for a bike ride. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nasty. <laughs> you would definitely have to take a PRD. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> yeah. This could be a good, this could be a good food challenge. Welcome to season four of the Never Going Pro podcast by Dads Inside Riding Trainers featuring GC Coaching. It's a podcast about riding bikes in parenthood and trying really, really hard at both. I'm your host, Ken the Badger Nowell, and with me is Shane Gaffney, founder of GC Coaching. Hi, everyone. Hey, Shane. And Chris Gorney, fellow dirt teammate, passionate cyclist, and outstanding dad. Good morning. Good morning, Chris. How is everybody doing this morning? Great. I spent last week in Long Beach at Zwift headquarters, which is really cool. Awesome. First time I've ever been in the office, and I've been there for like four years now. Okay. Um, so awesome. people probably don't know. People probably don't know what you do because we don't talk about it very much. I don't know what I do either, to be honest with you. If you're yeah. if you've ever been on Zwift and you do a programmed workout and you go, "Man, I hate the guy who made this." That guy's name is Shane Gaffney. That's what he does. More, most likely, could be Kevin Poulton, could be Greg Henderson, could be a handful of other coaches too. But I've, I've done probably close to ninety percent of the stuff on there now, which is cool. Yeah, so people, um, hate, people hate you. They do. Well, tell tell us what changed. Like, why why now? Why after four years going to Zwift headquarters? Well, the obvious one is the pandemic that didn't allow anybody to go anywhere for the last two and a half years. And then uh, I was a contractor for the first four years and I just moved on full time with Zwift, which is great. And I'm gonna be responsible for more of the workouts and training product side of things. So um, obviously creating new content, improving existing content, adding new features, that kind of stuff. So, um, I'm always open to ideas too. throwing this out there. If audience wants to DM me, whatever they think we should have on Zwift, I would love to hear it because I have some ideas, but obviously the community is always great to get ideas from. Cool. That sounds awesome. Um, I think the product team did an awesome job with the new dashboard. When you log in, it's yeah, so screen. much better than the old one. I really, really like it a lot. When did that, when did that update happen? It's been a, a uh, a slow rollout. Has it rolled out to everyone yet? It has not. I believe as of on, today, which is hell? April 6th, we're at, <laughs> uh, we're at 70 percent and mostly English because the we're we're oh, still localizing some of the content and some of the strings. I actually have Z I keep Zwift in Mandarin, so oh, mm. that's why. Yeah, yep. that's probably why. Um, yeah. So when each release, like this next release, we have some really cool features upcoming, which is going to be great. And we'll just continue to add bits and bobs to it as we go. Gotcha. Yeah, that I, sounds good. I actually, I actually haven't been on Zwift for a while. I uh, did a really hard workout, flared up some tendonitis, then it's been warm, and I've been traveling. So it's actually been like two weeks. Um, since, so, since you've ridden at all? No, since I've been on Zwift. I've just been okay. riding outside. Oh, yeah. You haven't missed it's much been warm here. Weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Very nice. Although apparently I'm miss missing a new dashboard that I'm not cool enough i'm not in the best 70 percent apparently yeah apparently not 
Maybe you can just delete the application off your laptop and reinstall it, and you'll get the new one, maybe? Yeah, nothing yeah, right no. now. We'll see. Nah. It's based on user IDs, not based on downloads. Oh, okay, gotcha. See, we got this Wift Insider here now. That's right. Mm-hmm. It's also yep. me dictating who gets it, and guess what? Chris is going to There's actually a, there's actually, there's actually <laughs> a list <laughs> never. <laughs> yeah. Just I kidding. mean, who else is on the list? That's my question. It's me. Ken. Ken, sure. Yeah. Well, he, this so guy, he's using his wife's Jason login. Sterney. This guy, Sterney's Jason Sterney. List, he's yeah. never getting yeah. Bono is on the list. Anybody with dirt in their name, forget about it. Yeah. yeah this kind of reminds me of the trickle-down economics joke. I tell you, but 99% of you will never get it. (laughs) So if we get the joke, does that put us in the 1%? It puts you in the 1%. And then people get to to hate us? Yeah. They'll hate you even more than they already do. So I don't get the joke. Okay, good. You're 99%. Congratulations. 99%. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Okay. So, well, uh, since we're catching up with everyone... Chris, anything else? Like, where did you go to? New uh, York City? I, yeah, I go to New York pretty often for work. And, um, other, you know, work is work. But I did get to go for a beautiful jog. Um, I pretty mm. much only run when I uh, travel because bringing a bike is pretty tough. Uh, and I went for a beautiful jog across the Brooklyn Bridge one morning and went, and oh, cool. went for a run in Dumbo and then came back back into the city. So that was, I mean, it was actually really beautiful. It was kind of a perfect, clear morning and other than the fact that I was running, it was uh, really fun. So it's interesting how you went for a run and then your yep. calf flared up. You know, mm. I, it was it was a little, it was, uh, let's see what you did there. Um, mm. It was flaring up a little bit before that. I did like a super hard okay. VO2 workout and it wasn't bad and I didn't feel it when I was running, but then I also walked like 10 miles a day. Yeah. Um, so I just, I think it was, kind of all of those things i also think my hand is broken true story um, okay i think i remember remember when i texted you guys when i was going up that like 30 percent grade deal on my mountain bike just to switch switch trails and my chain broke i sent yes. you a photo and i just basically fell over because i was on this super thing and i i you know i you know i busted my helmet because there's all these rocks yeah. and it was a super slow-mo fall but you know i got super bruised i landed on my hand and i i, I think it's broken i think it's like a what? hairline fracture or where does it hurt? Hold your hand up and show us where it hurts. It hurts like all right in here. Oh. Um, and it's not like a normal life is fine. Uh, but when I'm on my gravel bike on <laughs> when I'm on my gravel bike or my mountain bike and I'm hitting bumps, it hurts pretty bad. Uh, or and I did a pull up yesterday and it like hurt pretty bad. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to go get an x-ray today. It's either yeah. super bruised, which is what I'm hoping. Yeah. Yeah. Or hopefully it's too- yeah, or it's, I mean, what are they going to do if it's a hairline fracture? They're going to say, stop doing stuff that hurts. Nothing. You know? Yeah, yeah. they're not going to do anything for it. So right. um, at least I'll know that I'm doing stupid stuff. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, other than that, I'm really, I'm, I'm really well. Um, I have to say that I think my it's Kansas. Boxer's fracture. What? I can't remember. It's, it's either a boxer's fracture or a collie's fracture. I can't remember what that. Right, fracture well, is I'll, called Can't I'll, I'll let you know as soon as i uh as soon as i find out i will say uh plug my kansas jayhawks won the national championship a couple uh, days ago so we go hate, Hawks. we hate you yeah 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 so i was you know Mark, how i knew like i didn't stay up to uh to watch that game i live in chat well essentially in chapel hill because you're not a real fan <laughs> 
<laughs> also, I was doing the ZRL race it's, it, uh-huh. and had to get up at 4.30 in the morning. So um, yeah. anyway, I knew that UNC didn't win when I woke up the next morning because I didn't get any text messages and the roar of downtown <laughs> Franklin Street didn't wake me up and there were no fireworks. And yeah, I mean, these people are crazy when they win a basketball game. One, oh, yeah. one night they flipped the guy's car over and lit it on fire. We know you were That's there. Like Just because they won. Riot. That's well, table stakes. Yeah, I yeah. uh I was in college. It was I was in college uh when they won their last championship. And so mm. I was, you know, Lawrence is mastery. Um and uh it was nuts and it was a ton of fun. And so it was really cool to see those photos and uh I'm actually a huge basketball fan. So go Jayhawks. Is that is that where you went to college? Yeah, I went to KU. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's crazy. My wife went to UNC. Yeah. Huh. So it was a good small game. world. Did you put any money on no. them for March Madness? Did you, did no, you do any I, brackets I, or anything? I didn't even do a bracket. I just defer. I don't. I mean, ever basically once I've had kids, I'm like, I don't have, I don't have energy for that. Other people do. Mm-hmm. I don't. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, you never can beat the like eight year old girl from Wisconsin, right? Like some somebody's well, little girl always. Chance, honestly, all, they always fill the bracket out and they get it like ninety nine percent right, and they you know yeah. they don't even know what they just were like drawing. They did it with like a crayon or something. Um, <laughs> remember when um i think it was warren buffett he was going to give a billion dollars away to the perfect bracket remember he was dude he did that for like three or four years and yeah, no one got yeah, it i don't think he does that it right point, now nobody no because it's like a one in some ridiculous number yeah. chance yeah, of getting tough. a perfect like a perfect bracket the guy who every, was the guy who was espn bracket even missed a bunch you know it's just yeah you can miss a quite a few and but anyway so go hawks that was that was a big thing for us and um my travel has started again, so I'm traveling quite a bit, basically to LA and New York every other couple of weeks. And such is life. Yep. So same. Very here. cool. Well, I get to tell you what I've been doing since our last yes. meeting. Saw some great photos on social media. Yeah. Oh, and I tried to not make fun of them. Man, there were so many good jokes <laughs> to be made. <laughs> so I, I have only ever met in real life of the 10,000 or so followers that dirt has, or that we have on our team through our various social media and 10,642, something crazy like that. I've only ever met three or four guys from dirt and we rented this massive house in North Georgia, this place called Morganton, Georgia on his, on this Lake. And 15 of us went down there and we rode every day on my way down, I stopped in Western North Carolina in Morganton, North Carolina, and went mountain biking. And mm-hmm. then we, we spent three days riding in the mountains. And this guy, Adam Upshaw, was basically our personal chef. He bought so much delicious food and cooked it up. So every night we ate like kings. We had delicious breakfast and lunch every day. Um we played games. We had trivia. Nobody got mad. Nobody crashed a bike. It was the best cycling trip I've ever been on. And I've been on quite a few over the last 15 years or so. And this was hands down, like far and away, the very best one. It was, it was a brocation. It was a brocation. And hey, so can I, can I publicly call out the guy who uh, had the low socks? That was, that was the one that broke. <laughs> yeah, I don't that even know who he is. I, I want it's you to say guy. I want you to say his name. I want him to hear on the podcast, and, and it's time It's time to get taller socks. It's time to get taller sho- socks, Adam. I will be talking to him tomorrow. I'll oh, that was know. Adam? I'll yeah. buy him. I'll tell him I'll buy him a pair of socks. Mm-hmm. 
and he's the trip. So one, he's an, an amazing cook. Sure. Secondly, he is a total boy scout on the bike. This guy carries all the extra tools. He carries an extra chain with him on a bike ride, but not, not tall socks, not tall socks. And here's some other interesting wardrobe eccentricities about this guy. He only wears, he only wears cycling shorts, no bibs. Oh. And yes, and he That's a comfort. That's some people, I mean, that's a choice. No. <laughs> and he wore a a dirt mountain bike downhill jersey. I don't even know where he got it, but it's not a regular jersey. It is a it was what I would wear mountain biking, so it's got long sleeves, it's a little bit baggy. It looks super cool. But yeah. Okay, I'm going to read choices. something. Um so he is what he is a lone wolf. Mm-hmm. Um, have you got, you guys have seen the bike snob NYC thing? Yeah, I've heard of them. Okay. I'm going to read part of the lone wolf. Um, and so this is for Adam since we made fun of him, <laughs> mostly just Shane. Um, hold on. I didn't I make fun of him. No, you were, that you was were all you buddy. I saw the face. Um, I saw well, your face just assimilated into the culture. He's going against the grain. I love it. That's true. Okay, here we go. Um, finding it here. Well, this is great um, content. Give me so two more when's the next trip, Ken? Yeah, okay, Chris, thanks. When's the next <laughs> trip, Ken? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I I honestly really do want to go to Bentonville. Um, oh, cool. I do too, yeah. man. I'd Prove love to it. meet. Yeah, I would love to I, go to not meet Chris, but I'd love to go yeah, right with you guys. Don't don't even awesome. tell me. Hey, you remember that? Remember that race I wanted to get you guys to do, and I, mm-hmm. Ken, Ken said no. I'm going to be in LA anyway, so I, I would have had to cancel. Oh well, that's good news. Well, yeah. there's a shock. Yeah, yeah. Any um, progress right, I, on the? I, I found it. Okay, go ahead, read it. Um, mountain biker, the roadie. Um, <laughs> hey, okay, I can't, I can't find it. We're going to move on. All right. Anyway, All right. he's he's one of those. <laughs> You just, you just added 45 minutes of editing time to my post. Yeah, well, right. and, I cre- and I created an, an enemy in Adam, who's probably a perfectly right. nice man. He's a perfectly <laughs> nice man. A damn well, good he, yep. he cooked for everybody. He's, he's a great guy. Yeah, I, cool. I'd be on board for that. I love you, Adam. Well, believe it or not, we do have a topic today, but I have one question for Shane Gaffney before we get into fueling, which is, is there any progress on getting the mountain bike? Uh, no, there hasn't been, but I've also had, uh, I've had some other stuff going on, so I haven't really been focused on it to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would be uh, and it's still cold here. It's April 6th and it was 28 degrees this morning. So it sucks. We know who would have, you know who would have really good clothing for winter that would surprise you? Adam. <laughs> that is he, true. He would have, and with that. We're moving on to the topic of fueling. So Shane, give us a rundown of what we're going to be talking about today as far as fueling. Fueling specifically for bike rides. Uh, specifically, specifically for bike rides. Uh, I know we wanted to talk about what things can cause some gut rot or gut distress. Uh, how you want to fuel for rides of varying lengths and intensities. That's going to be an interesting one, I think. And then what happens to your digestion over the course of a very, very long ride? And then I think there's one more. What was the fourth one, Ken? 
So yeah, we wanted to talk about the long ride. What happens when you eat too much before Where a bike ride? Somewhere, huh? Yes. Mm-hmm. And I would add, I would add one that we didn't talk about because I came late because my my computer was broken. Is how do you prep for uh, an early morning Zwift race with food? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. an issue. Because that one is probably um, maybe a little more apropos for this group. What do you want to start with first? Well, let's start with what happens when you eat too much before a bike ride. So let's say, for instance, I am at, say, a three-day-long retreat. And there's a, huge bre- <laughs> there's a huge breakfast, and I've had like six strips of bacon and two Belgian waffles mm. and an everything bagel with salmon mm. and cream cheese. I feel bad. Those and, are bummer. A lot of flavors. <laughs> And then we go bike riding 30 minutes after I'm done eating. Yeah. So yeah, 30 minutes is a, that's pretty tight. A lot of time, the, the, I guess the golden rule, which isn't really golden rule, but most books you would read and uh, articles you see, you want to have about a three hour window between like a super, super heavy or full meal. And then your ride, because it gives your body time to digest it as well as allow your blood sugar to normalize again afterwards. I'm hungry Um, at three hours again. Well, and that's what I was going to say is like, well, I've heard this so many times that you should eat, try to eat about three hours before your bike ride. But I mean, Mm -hmm. it's usually only three hours between meals anyway. So then what do you keep nibbling or? Yeah. Or what I like to do is, if I do work out, which tends to be kind of rare these days, I'll do a small, I'll do like a smaller meal, maybe like a, a bowl of oatmeal only, or just a bagel or something that I know I can digest relatively like quickly. Just like a bowl of pig fat. Bowl of pig fat. No, I try not to do a lot of fat because I feel like crap if I eat a lot of fat. And then I'll work out. Then after I work out, I'll eat up the actual like large meal. So you don't eat a big meal three hours ahead of time. No, I don't really don't need to though. Cause like it really depends on what you're doing that day. Yeah. If you're doing like a four hour plus ride, then yeah, you should ideally plan to eat a pretty large meal before that just to fuel for it. But if you're going to only going to do an hour, like I typically do 40 minutes to an hour. So I don't need a lot of fuel on board to get uh-huh. through that workout, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, my, all my experience is anecdotal, you know, from doing different kind of races. And I feel like the thing that taught me the most about my body was doing, uh, Ironman, half Ironmans and longer triathlons and, you know, the difference between fueling for a workout and fueling for an event is, you know, one, you're getting, if your events at 8am, you're getting up, at, I was getting up at six and eating a, like a big breakfast really fast, um, so that I would be, uh, ready to you know go at eight and have like the fuel stores there um and to you know and then then it was maintenance fueling which we'll talk about here in a second and then but if it's like like yesterday morning i woke up to go for a bike ride before i had a call at you guys actually appreciate this i had a call uh at 8 30 but apparently it changed to 8 15 while i was on the ride and nobody told me Mm. and uh so one i was late and then i was getting phone calls from london from this this client (laughs) Uh, and then I was in my cycling kit at a cafe because I was at this point, like I had to like stop to like take this call. But, you know, I woke up and I just did it fasted. You know, it was just a hour and a half bike ride, 
Mm -hmm. I wasn't racing anybody. You know, I, I probably had a banana or something in my pocket until partway through the ride. And then afterwards I had a couple burritos and a cappuccino. So I think, you know, it's just, it's like that, but, but I wasn't racing, you know? So I think it, I think it's, you know, the, the answer is kind of like, man, it really just depends on what you're doing and what your body and your, everybody's body's different, right? Um, yeah. I mean, it, it depends on the, depends on what you're doing, especially when it comes to intensity, that's the real factor that makes the biggest difference. And also what your level of fitness is before. Mm -hmm. um, Cause typically if you're really fit, you can work at a much higher per percentage of FTP burning primarily fat as opposed to carbohydrate. You can also train to burn more fat or burn more carbohydrate based on what you do. So there's a lot of things that go into that and intensity like a su super easy thing is if you're the closer you get to your FTP, the more carbohydrate you burn. And once you surpass FTP, it's basically purely carbohydrate that you're burning. So, so you're, what you're saying is the amount of fat that you burn will start to drop off or you will be burning yeah. that fat. And then on top of that, you're going to be burning carbohydrates. Both. You, you always have a mixture of the two. It's never oh, purely one or the other, mm -hmm. but you definitely will start to burn less fat relatively and more carbohydrate. And then you burn more and more carbohydrate, but still some fat as you get further and further above FTP. So for things like sweet spot and above, I try to have a, at least a full you know, tank of energy. And that could be glycogen and glycogen is stored uh, glucose in your muscles and also in your liver. So you, just, you when inject you do that really... straight in, right? With like a syringe straight into your muscles? No, your body does it for you naturally. No, no, no hmm. I'm saying that's um, what you do. I don't do that now because it wouldn't work that way. <laughs> that was your body really has funny, to turn into that was, a, that was a really funny joke I didn't get credit for. Well, <laughs> keep trying. But that's where if you have a really early, I'll, I'll answer this question too. If you have a really, really early morning ride, the key is what you eat for dinner typically because mm. that's going to allow your body to have enough energy to get through all night sleeping but have some glycogen left over in your liver, in your muscles to then get through the workout without that quote unquote bonking. And that's really what, what bonking is, is when you run low on glycogen and low, run low on glucose and your blood sugar drops. That's essentially so what bonking what about, is. So I've heard people talk about, let's say I'm going to do is with race at six in the morning, like a fool who does that. Everybody mm -hmm. does that. I don't. Do a lot that, of people. Yeah. A lot of people do that. Um, I wish I could do that. So let's say I'm glycogen depleted and I need to get up. Like what, like, do I need to get up at five? And then do I need to basically pour like a cup of sugar in my mouth or like, what's, what's the, cause like, cause I, I've heard people talk about getting up early enough to like, you know, to replenish glycogen stores and some people get up, you know, 20 minutes before the race. Is it even possible to do that? Or are they really just relying on the fitness they have and whatever they ate the night before and just thinking that they're helping? It's a little bit of both, I think. And like I said, the more fit you are, the higher percent FTP you can burn primarily fat, typically. Uh, that's not always the case, though. And a lot of times, those people just naturally eat more for dinner and throughout the day. So mm -hmm. they're naturally restoring the, that glycogen <clears throat> store before they start their ride. If you're really in a rough spot and you need to do a race, 
you might want to consider doing something different or eating a <laughs> Not really, really quick, <laughs> right. Eating a really, really quickly absorbing carbohydrate, like, you know, uh, a gel or a cup of juice or, uh, another one you hear a lot is like honey on an English muffin or something like that. Like that's what I do. super, super quickly absorbing, uh, carbohydrate. That's basically going to go right into your bloodstream. Problem then is <clears throat> the, the more simple the carbohydrate is, the more of a spike in blood sugar you get and the insulin response is greater. So if you don't time that, then you're going to be in a super low energy state because you're going to have so much insulin in your bloodstream which is going to I have noticed that where if I try to which is one of the reasons I don't feel before a bike ride in the morning is if I were to wake up and drink Gatorade right away I would feel run down almost immediately because mm -hmm. you have that big spike and then that quick drop mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's basically why that three hour rule A for gut distress but B if you look and if you just Google insulin response or whatever, you'll see like when you eat a meal, you have a, a, a you always have some increase in blood sugar. The more complex the carbohydrate, or if you can balance the carbohydrate with a protein or a fat, that'll reduce the height of that spike. But there's always a little bit of a rise in blood sugar, and then sure. insulin kicks in, and then you have a decrease in blood sugar. Sometimes it gets below your baseline, then it comes back up and it stabilizes. So like when you're fasted, you have a very stable blood sugar. And that's the ideal time to exercise, they say. Um, With stable I kinda, blood sugar, not necessarily fasted. Yes, stable blood saying. sugar. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, sorry. Um, I tend to do a little bit of both. If I'm doing a long ride, I tend to do more of a... I don't want to say fasted, but just a stable blood sugar state. I feel good then because I, I feel clear. I feel like I'm not going to be like up and down like crazy. But if I'm doing a race, I don't mind having a little bit of a higher blood sugar and even caffeine so I can kind of get a little amped up because the race is going to be over in 40 minutes anyway. Then yeah. I'll eat something afterward. Well, and there's, there's even a whole discussion too around how your body, you know, and really, I guess you kind of touched on it. It's not necessarily how your body processes different types of food, but what state of effort you're in. Cause when I used to do long runs, you know, one of the things that I read was talking about, you know, if you're going to do a long run early in the morning to actually depending, you know, if your intensity is high enough, um, to actually wait to eat until, you know, 20, 30 minutes into the run where your body's kind of the engine's kind of going. So I would mm -hmm. literally carry a bagel with me um, while I was running, you know, usually like kind of harder runs. And then about 30 minutes in, I'd stop and eat it. And it actually, I like felt really good about it because it was, yeah. and I guess now what I'm learning is what it was, was I was, I was getting up to an intensity where I was processing carbohydrates and avoiding that spike, that blood sugar spike by not eating until my body was just processing those carbohydrates at that higher intensity, which is interesting. Right. I didn't know that that's what was happening, but that's, what they told us to do. So yeah, when you're when you're exercising, your body your body naturally has a little bit of a blunted insulin response. <clears throat> so you can eat gels and eat blocks and all that stuff without having as much of a spike because you're just basically going to burn through that. It's when you're not exercising, you don't want to just slam a bottle of Coke because you'll have huge insulin sorry a huge blood sugar response and then a huge crash afterwards and that yeah. crash is coming from the insulin 
So I have, I have a, a question for you. So back to the having ate too much, the gut rot thing, mm-hmm. and also feeling like your legs are flat. Like my understanding is your body is using all of its, like your, your digestive system is taking a lot of energy. There's a lot of blood flow to your digestive system and there's less blood flow available to the muscles that are doing work. Is, is that true? Am I completely misunderstanding this? I haven't honestly seen a ton of research on that. Um, so yeah, I, I guess I really can't confirm or deny that, but the stuff I've read, I mean, no. Same thing, like, if you don't go swimming in the pool after 30 minutes after you eat or something, <laughs> or, like, all those, like, old, strange, wives tale things, like, I don't really know where those come from. Yeah. Sure. That's I think a big part one. of it. Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I was going to say, I think a big part of it is, like, knowing, just knowing your body, too, and, you know, getting onto the idea of, a, a, a like, a good fueling program and... You know, for me, I, I do mostly, you know, now that it's warmer, mostly outdoor rides. And so just kind of knowing my body and going, do I feel, this may be a simplistic, but like, do I feel full? Like not stuff full, but like, you know, if you, I think if you biked or done endurance sports long enough, you can kind of feel like, oh yeah, I'm like an hour away from getting really hungry. I should probably eat something now before I go ride. But, sure. but before I go ride, I'm not eating like big meals. I, I never do that, Ken. Like, if, if I ate what you said at the beginning of the podcast, if I had, you know, two Belgian waffles and bacon and a bagel and cream cheese, I'd be asleep. Like you couldn't, <laughs> you couldn't, you, it, I would, I would, it would be three hours because I would be sleeping. Um, now then I guess my body would be, my glycogen stores would be amped up and ready to go once I woke up and pooped. But, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, for me, it, it's really just like, feeling do my legs feel full and i know that's really anonymous um i think the people who know what it feels like you're like oh yeah i I get that but or or it's like knowing when your your legs feel empty and that comes to fueling too like what are you eating on the bike what are you drinking i've started using um scratch super fuel for events but it's really expensive so Mm -hmm. uh, like i was texting you guys i am and this is going to be fascinating uh, i'm going to test gcn's uh Super fuel recipe for the bottle is 2,400 calories a bottle. Oh my which is, God. First off, I don't need with that, right? Like, how is that yeah, even? Yeah. I, I mean, I, does the math even work out? Well, well, that's what's funny is I actually read some of the comments and everyone was like, every, you know, bitching and complaining because they're like, it's actually 3,400 or 3,600, whatever. People out there, too much time to do the math. But it's pretty sludgy. And, you know, they take like a sip of it and then you drink water. Of course, you can dilute it, right? Like you don't have to do, it's, it's a powder. So if it's, you know, 2,400 calories, you can do a quarter of that. And it's, you know, only 600 calories or whatever. But I bought, I'm going to read this. Hold on. Um, I bought all this stuff online. And so I bought uh, highly branched cyclic dextrin. It's one of them. I okay. bought glucose, MCT oil power, powder. And then I also got uh, uh, sodium citrate. Um, and then you need some salt, a little, uh, an additional too. So I'm going to try to make my own large batch of uh, cycling fuel powder. And well, then- so what's interesting here is just running the numbers. One pound of sugar, which is mm-hmm. 454 grams at four calories a gram is about 1800 calories. So mm-hmm. I'm just wondering like, 
I'm talking not even dissolved. Right. Does the math work out? Like, could you really well, there's, put there's the oil? The, there's a higher fat concentration in oil, right? Uh, so there's there's true. some oil stuff in there. But I'm not. Nine I'm not questioning. Gram. Sure, I'm not questioning the math. I'm just saying it to me. Like the idea, the idea of being able to make my own bulk powder mm-hmm. at home that's really similar to things I like, like scratch, but then save a ton of money. Yes. I mean. If I can figure out how to make it, it makes me feel good on a bike and I'm not vomiting, then I feel like that's a pretty good win. And I'll share my secret recipe with everybody. I'm well, getting, we'll uh, check back flashbacks. in with you. What You're getting it? flashbacks of what, Shane? When Chris did, I think it was beta alanine. Maybe that wasn't was me. That was Ken. It was that's- baking soda. Baking <laughs> yeah, that was Ken. 100% yeah. Ken. I feel like shit for like flashbacks. A, over a day. Didn't you just eat baking soda? Yeah, I put like two tablespoons of baking soda in a glass of water and like immediately came out to do intervals. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was, it ruined my day. And then I still didn't feel very good the next day either. I don't think I vomited, but it was bad news. Um, Makes me, makes me think of, uh, I've got this good friend here named Sam who doesn't listen to this podcast. And, uh, he uh exclusively rides gravel um outside but he he's just just like super funny dude he's got big chest tattoos all the way across his chest a huge mustache had a big mullet um he's just a great guy and he always just has to poop on bike rides um Hmm. always and regardless of what he's always that guy always that guy and what's funny is i've got this amazing photo of it was a winter ride and he had to go to the bathroom and so we're we stopped he went into the woods (laughs) but think of all the stuff you're wearing so he had yeah. full bibs, Under Armour, all this. So he had to oh, just in man. the middle of winter strip all the way down. And <laughs> I've got this video or photo of him after he came out of the woods only wearing uh, long bibs and just like, I mean, holding all of his clothing like a bundle. And it, I mean, it took him like 20 minutes. But if, wow. you, if you want to, one of your topics was the idea of uh, gut rot yes. and having like what happens when things go wrong. It immediately makes me think of Sam in this amazing photo of just this guy, like uh, Sasquatch style, climbing out of the woods. Looked like you robbed somebody's laundry. Anyway. That reminds me of a friend of mine, Chris. Uh, I'm not going to say his Chris. last name. Not, not Chris Corny. <laughs> All this guy has to do is look at a trailhead and he has to take a dump. Like every <laughs> single time. He would show up for the run. This is back when I was running back in the day. He always just disappeared into would, whatever nasty. Would you say squat he, toilet? It gave yeah. it gave it gave him the runs. Ah, uh, <laughs> you could say that. Okay. And this it brings up up a, an important point, which is the PRD, the pre ride dump, is definitely crucial uh, for. I, oh, I've heard of that band. I think they're pretty good. Yeah, that's a great band. <laughs> That'd be a great, like a punk rock band name. That'd yeah. be a great. PR you know, well, I wish we could. I wish we could post our. You know, there's on our Slack channel. There's of course something no one would what? know about other than us. Is the Sig Jams channel? Oh, yes. Yeah. Basically, daily. Usually, I mean, both both of you. I'd say it's like seventy percent. Shane will post just like an amazing like work at home playlist or mm-hmm. um, somebody like playing music on top of a mountain somewhere yeah uh, I, i'm not cool so i don't know who any of these people are but i listen to it every time 
and it's like yeah. half the music I listen to now. Yeah, it's awesome. It EDMs awesome. come a long way in their production quality for sure. Yeah. Let's just go put somebody on a mountain. It's fine. Yeah, Super let's cool. put them on this glacier. It'll be really cool. Yeah. All right, um, so your PRD. PRD. Next thing I wanted to ask Chris, or excuse me, Shane, is how many carbohydrates does your body use, let's say, at sweet spot versus mm. or tempo? Like you're, you're doing a, a hard, like a pretty hard ride that you're going to do for, say, three hours. Mm-hmm. There's a rate that your body burns carbohydrates, but then there's a rate that carbohydrates can be absorbed. Mm-hmm. And knowing that not all sugars are equal and have dis- different absorption rates. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So as far as how many grams at each intensity zone, it's it's impossible to answer just because everybody is going to be different in their fitness levels and what they typically eat during the rides. So I would just kind of going back to that old, not old, but that thing I said before, where the more intense the exercise is, typically the more carbohydrate you'll burn. Uh, especially as you approach FTP and the other piece is grams per hour. <clears throat> so I think my favorite reference, I think I've said this before on the show is uh juke and drip or juke and drop. Can't remember how you say his last name, but he's got this really awesome infographic and good research around again, based on intensity of the ride and also length of the ride how many grams per hour of carbohydrate you should aim to absorb. And it ranges from 30 upwards of like 110, something crazy like that. But as Ken was kind of alluding to, you can't just eat one single source of carbohydrate to get to those higher numbers. You have to be, you basically have to become like glucose and fructose or uh, glucose and sucrose, whatever it might be. Typically, I would say it's glucose and fructose, Mm -hmm. but fructose can cause some gut distress to some people. So you kind of have to play around with either doing what Chris does and creating your own concoction. It's going to go really well. (laughs) Or or playing around with different different brands like a hammer versus a scratch Mm -hmm. uh, versus a um, what's that British company? SIS. Um, mm-hmm. they have, I can't, I don't like to see makeup. their stuff. SIS stuff makes me, gives me a stomach ache. Whereas, um, scratch and hammer, I uh, like, I can ride their stuff all day long. And I don't yeah. know if it's just cause it's like long chain carbohydrates versus short chain or something like that. But I, the SIS stuff always tastes like, uh, I don't know, really artificial and chemically mm-hmm. to use, you know, I don't know. That's, but that's mm-hmm. just me. A lot of people probably like it. But that's kind of the whole point, right? Like you have to basically play around and see what works for your body and for your uh, what you want to do. Do you want to drink your carbohydrate? Do you want to eat your carbohydrate? What do you want to do? Like, how do you want to consume it? How can you consume it? You know, because if you're in, you know, the dirty Kansas or whatever, you, you may just have a, a backpack on and be sipping fluid throughout the course of the race. And it might be hard to eat something. So all right. those factors come into play of how you can actually get the energy in your body. And I recently heard the term palate fatigue and I immediately Hmm, knew what they were talking about. It is when you have been using a single source of food Mm -hmm. throughout your bike ride 
and you get to the point where it's so off-putting to have more of it that you can't feel properly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was like that with gels after long endurance races. Mm -hmm. Like I just, even to this day, it's kind of like if you eat something and you get sick at a restaurant, you can never go back there. That's how I feel with gels. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Typically I would start off with actual food for the first, I mean, getting it going back to how intense the ride is, but long ride, I'll typically do like dates or dried mangoes, bananas, like an an actual source of food that I, I can eat. And then as I gradually become fatigued and my um, digestion and really for me, it's my, my, my want to eat just reduces. I just don't want to eat if I'm tired. Then I'll transfer to more like gels, blocks. And as Ken was saying, we have savory, salty, sweet, and then like an umami, which I hate that word, but it's kind of that like indescribable sure. flavor. Savory. So I use the word savory a, instead, which okay. is in a way uh, describing. Sounds it. like sounds less hoity-toity. <laughs> so I guess savory and umami are the same, which is news to me too. But anyway, so I think it is. I think I could be wrong. Sweet, salty, and savory. Those are the three main uh, flavors, I guess you can choose from. So, you know, if you're like Ken was probably eating a lot of sweet stuff, or uh, sorry, Chris was eating a lot of sweet stuff because gels tend to be sweet. You may mm-hmm. want to try to eat something more salty or more savory. That way you have a different taste and you don't don't get that palate fatigue. When we finished those long bike rides last week, I was so over the taste of sugar. I didn't yeah. want to drink any more Gatorade. I didn't want to eat another banana or eat any cookies. I just wanted something salty, crunchy, mm-hmm. just something different. So... Yeah. It is also weird that I'm hungry, but the thought of anything is a little off putting. It's this state of being hungry, but nothing sounds good to eat. Yeah. I feel that too. Like I said, I, I don't want to eat after, but if I'm tired, I don't want to eat. So I totally feel see. That. I've never felt that once. When I'm done bike riding, <laughs> I want to eat. No, I've never I'm always like, Ugh. yeah, I've never, uh, I've never ever finished an event and thought, I mean, okay, sometimes like gut wrenching Zwift events or something, I might like need a minute, but I don't know. I pretty much always want to go get a beer or a taco or something. Mm. I, I definitely so understand. It means I probably we, should be like 10 pounds lighter. <laughs> before we wrap, let's do maybe like a TLDR. So intensity depends on, but I should be set that over. What your body burns and the ratio it burns depends on how intense the exercise is with the more intense the exercise is closer to FTP, the more carbohydrate you tend to burn. So if you're doing really, really intense exercise, try to fuel with more carbohydrate. And then I'll, I'll put this in the show notes, this infographic I talk about by Juken Trip, but if you have to exceed, I think it's 70 grams. I don't remember. I think it's 70 grams of carbohydrate per hour. If it's super intense or a super long race, then you want to try to introduce multiple sources of carbohydrate, like a, a, a glucose or a fructose. Uh, try to modify the primary flavor. I think it's always savory, sweet, and salty, so you don't get that palate fatigue. And try to do some decent job with nutrient timing, which is what we spoke about at the beginning. 
if you have a super long ride or you have time to eat a full meal, try to plan about a three hour time span between the meal and when you ride. If you don't, try to have something relatively small and then eat more during the ride or have something pretty substantial after the ride. That sounds good. And also, if you're going to do the meal thing three hours ahead of time, it is okay to continue to snack up until ride time. Yes. Because you don't want to start hungry. Okay. Final question. Worst possible thing you could think of to eat right before you go on a tough bike ride in summer? Hot of the day. It's the worst thing you could eat. Worst thing for me or probably No, just any humanity. Uh, I don't know. Maybe like shepherd's pie. That's a good one. That's a good one. Like super thick, rich. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Shepherd's pie. Maybe a a steak dinner and a baked potato would not be great, but it'd be great after. Two IPAs with shepherd's pie. Mm. Ugh. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a big category. I'm gonna go with anything from a state fair food truck. Oh, that's actually good. Like Ooh, a fried Twinkie. Yeah. Or yeah. Or imagine imagine cake. imagine somebody giving you thirty dollars and you had an hour at a state fair to eat thirty dollars worth of food. Then you had to go for a bike ride. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nasty. <laughs> you would definitely have to take a PRD. Yeah, and that's. <laughs> Yeah, this could be a good this could be a good food challenge. It, you know, for the six people who listen, that would be great comments to get would be what is the worst thing you could think of to eat before you go on a bike ride? That sounds Love good. It. Food for thought for next time. Ooh. With that, yes, yeah. with that I have to run. <laughs> great to see both of you. Yeah, I guess so. Just kidding. Chris, do you want to sign off or are you just going <laughs> to give us strange looks? I don't know. Everybody go do other stuff. Right on. All right. Right on. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Never Going Pro podcast. Right on. And we will see you in Watopia. Peace. Peace. Peace.